Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, there's a thread that runs through all three of our readings for today. It's a theme that stands, as I've argued for years, at the very heart of the Christian thing. It's the great theme of detachment. Listen, There is a shift in consciousness that is essential to Christianity. Conversion, if you will, a change of heart. What's it involve? It's a shift from a world-centered perspective to a God-centered perspective. It involves, at a very fundamental level, a letting go of any and all the things in this world as decisive to one's happiness and a resolute clinging to God alone. I know I've quoted before St. Augustine's great line, Lord, you've made us for yourself. Therefore, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. The deepest hunger of our hearts corresponds to the good which is God alone. When we hook that desire onto anything less than God, we set ourselves up for terrible spiritual frustration. How about this from St. John of the Cross? An attachment, that's anything in this world, including your own life, that you're convinced you cannot live without. Let that one, Christian, sink into your souls a bit. An attachment is anything in this world, sex, money, pleasure, power, fame, including your own life, that you're convinced you cannot live without. The saint is someone who's able to let go of any and all of these things, clinging to God alone. Now, listen to how this theme is played out in the readings. We have a passage from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It's breathtaking. Listen to it. From now on, those with wives should live as though they had none. Those who weep should live as though they're not weeping. Those who rejoice as though they're not rejoicing. Buyers should conduct themselves as though they own nothing. Those who make use of this world as though they were not using it. Well, what is that about? What can Paul possibly mean? Well, he means this. Relationships, even the most intense, those between husbands and wives. Feelings, even the strongest, good and bad. Material things, the world itself. All of these should be, at a basic level, let go of. Now, mind you, not in the literal sense, but if I can put it this way, in the attitudinal sense, as if they were not all important. So Paul's not saying to men, get rid of your wives, not telling wives to dump their husbands, but rather, listen, to live as though even those strongest and most intense relationships were not 
all-defining, were not themselves the source of your deepest happiness. He's not telling buyers and sellers to abandon their worldly goods, but he is telling them not to make their worldly goods and their worldly work all-important. He's not telling sad people not to be sad, happy people not to be happy, but he is telling them not to think that these worldly emotions, good or bad, are all determining, all defining. He is saying, let go of this world and everything in it. Refocus the whole of your life on God alone. Now, why is Paul saying such a crazy thing? Listen, he tells us. For the world as we know it is passing away. Paul was so overwhelmed on the road to Damascus. He was so overwhelmed by the risen Christ, by the fact of the resurrection, that everything in this world was relativized. God's love, purpose, made eminently clear in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, caused this world in its entirety to fade into relative insignificance. Now again, I'm not saying absolute insignificance. I'm saying relative. Everything, even the best things in this world, are now relativized in light of the overwhelming good that's revealed in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. What this gives rise to is this attitude of detachment. The Greek fathers called it apatheia, not apathy in a negative sense, but a sort of detachment in feeling from anything in this world. Ignatius of Loyola called it indifferentia, indifference, not in an apathetic negative way, but an indifference to all the things in this world as though they are all determining. That's why he can say, Lord, whether I've got a long life or a short life, I don't care as long as I'm serving you. Lord, whether I'm rich or poor, I don't care as long as I'm serving you. Lord, whether I'm healthy or sick is a matter of indifference to me as long as my health can serve you or my sickness can serve you. That's detachment. That's living as though the things of this world do not ultimately matter. Do you want a great contemporary example of this attitude? Martin Luther King, in the great speech he gave the night before he was assassinated, he went to a gathering in Memphis. He wasn't scheduled to speak, but he came at the last minute and he spoke. Here's what he said. Like everyone, I'd like to have a long life. Longevity has its place. But I don't care about that now. All I want to do is God's will. A long life, life itself, became for him at that moment a matter of indifference. As long as he was doing God's will, it didn't matter whether he had a long or a short life. And then he said this, I'm not fearing any man. I have been to the mountaintop. 
Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I'm not afraid. Do you see, the spiritual payoff of detachment is the conquest of fear. I'm not afraid. I'm not clinging to things in this world so that if I lose them, I'll be terrified. King can say, very much in the spirit of St. John of the Cross, even my own life is not something I'm clinging to. That's the attitude of the saint. That's what Paul's talking about. Now, with that in mind, let's turn to the gospel. We have here, from chapter 1 of Mark, Jesus' inaugural address. We have the first words out of the mouth of Jesus. Here's what he says. This is the time of fulfillment. The reign of God is at hand. Therefore, reform your lives and believe the good news. The time of fulfillment, he means his time. His time. Christ has arrived. Divinity and humanity have met. God's love, forgiveness, grace, nonviolence have broken through definitively into our world. Now, what must we do? We've got to change our minds. The word used here in the Greek is metanoiate. Now, usually it's rendered in a moralizing way as repent, change your moral behavior. But that's not primarily what it means. Metanoiate, from two words, meta and nous, means go beyond the mind you have. Change your mind, change your attitude, change your way of seeing, change your way of perceiving, change your way of thinking. You need to look at the world in a radically renewed way. What is that? Can I suggest it's the attitude of detachment? Money, success, fame, power, pleasure are not ultimate goods. Your own life in this world is not something to be clung to tenaciously. But now, compared to the inrushing of God's grace made available in Jesus Christ, all of that as, is as nothing. I can let go of it. I can abandon it because of Christ. Listen to what happens now in the wake of his inaugural address. Immediately after giving his speech, Jesus calls Simon, Andrew, James, and John, fishermen, they're washing and drying their nets. They leave everything behind. Livelihood, family, worldly hopes, whatever ambitions they had, they left it all behind and followed him. The church fathers comment that the nets are symbolic of all the ways they are tied to this world. They leave their nets behind, leave father, family, livelihood behind. How come they can do it? Because they've undergone this conversion, this metanoia, this change of mind in the presence of the overwhelming grace of Jesus. They can be detached. This is the freedom that comes from detachment. Liberty. Paul says, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. That's what he means. Freed from my attachment to this world, I can now move where I have to move. I can go where I'm called upon to go. One last step now on this little journey of interpretation. We'll look at the first reading. It's a little passage from that extraordinary book of the prophet Jonah, which I think is the funniest book in the Bible, one of the easiest to read. You can easily read it in one sitting. And it's very rich spiritually. 
Jonah is called by God to preach to Nineveh, which is described in the Bible as an enormously large city. It took, they said, three days to walk through it. Maybe a little bit of exaggeration there, but still they're trying to communicate this is a giant city. What's the task now of Jonah? Jonah, you must go into that city. You must preach conversion. And after a little delay, that's another story for another day. We don't get it in our reading today. But Jonah finds his way back to Nineveh, and he preaches. And it says the entire city, from king to pauper, even the animals put on sackcloth. It was the most successful revival in history. The entire city of Nineveh is converted by Jonah. Now, I can't help but see a connection between Nineveh, this enormously large city, and our own cities, our own culture, our own time. What is the permanent task of the church? It's to announce Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The same news that struck Paul like a thunderbolt and led him to say, live as though nothing in this world finally matters. It's that same Jesus Christ who was announced to Andrew and Peter and John and the first disciples. We too now must move through our great cities, the Ninevehs of our time, and preach this same message of conversion. It means first and foremost, a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of vision and a change of perspective. God alone matters. God alone is the good sought by my heart. And once I know that in my bones, in my soul, in my heart, then I can say like Martin Luther King, I can let go of anything, even my own life. And in that I find evangelical freedom. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together, we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.